I'm here with Rob Chavez, who attended my own alma mater, Yorktown High School in Arlington, Virginia. Rob's journey to being a state champion really started his freshman year when he started wrestling on the Yorktown High School wrestling team, and it included a state championship in Florida, as well as a conference championship at American University. Rob was actually the first recorded guest here on Backpoints, even though this is now episode number 10. I've known Rob for years, and he even sold my wife and I our first house, and now he's going to tell us about his journey to becoming a state champion. As always, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. I truly appreciate the support. Now let's get rolling. He taught me to get up when I didn't want to get up, when I wanted to quit. I had high goals, man. I've always had high goals. And so when I won it, I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, you guys are right. It's not the thrill of winning. It's the joy of having that personal goal and being able to achieve that and walk off the mat with your head held high and with your hand up. That just fueled my fire. And I was in every state championship match from there on until I graduated. That was when I really started doing the kind of wrestling that I was capable of. Anybody that steps in the ring and just decides to commit the entire time is a state champion in my in my book. Okay, welcome to Backpoints, the podcast where we talk to wrestlers who have won state tournaments. We're here with Rob Chavez for the inaugural Backpoints podcast to hear about his experience winning a state title. So, Rob, thank you for joining us. Will, it is my pleasure to be here. This is awesome. Uh, I'm so excited to be part of this. Excellent. Excellent. Well, let's jump right in and and hear a little bit about you, about your background. Uh, You know, I know you wrestled in Virginia and then Florida. Why don't you start with how do you get started in wrestling? You know, I had a cousin that just loved to beat up on me. Uh, I think it was like it, I must have been like sixth or seventh grade. And he was uh, taking, he was in wrestling and 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 then he put me in a, a double bar or a double chicken wing, whatever you want to call it. And, and I was like, dude, this is so awesome. There's all these moves, right? And he just beat up on me and, and it, it got me hooked. Um, I then... I was living with my, I mean, it's a long story, but I was living with my uncle and his family because my parents had been a, we, there was, there was a big earthquake in El Salvador. My dad was a diplomat. There was a big earthquake in El Salvador and the city was unsafe. So they went, so we went to go live with my uncle in California and he was a principal of a high school and there was, you know, middle school attached to it. And, um, you know, I, I had, I had been exposed to wrestling through my cousin just for like a brief moment, like a day. And I always remember that. So when I came back to the States, my, my uncle was like, Hey, there's, we have a wrestling team. You might want to go try out for the wrestling team. And, um, and, and I did, and I fell in love with it. I mean, it was like, I fell in love, but I, I only wrestled there for like a month. I had like one match. I had all the practices, one match. And then my family came and got me and we moved to Australia where there was no wrestling, right? There was no wrestling. Um, but what happened was when you entered, so anyhow, when you're, you know, when you're in your a country like that, you play whatever sports are there. So I played rugby and, you know, I played soccer. And, um, but when we, when you enter into the ninth grade in, uh, in, in this particular school, um, you went to go live in the woods for, for six months. Okay. And (laughs) this is where I really fell in love with wrestling. I went to go live in the woods for six months. And what would happen is this is an all boys school, right? So it was like all boy dorms. And so what would happen is after dinner, they would serve tea and biscuits because that's what they do there. Right. And, and then we would all like sit around this lounge area and then we would challenge each other to just like wrestling matches nobody knew how to wrestle it was just like fighting right just a bunch of guys like fighting and dude i loved it i loved it i was the little guy that just kind of scrapped really hard and i you know i had like that one month of wrestling that 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 you know i didn't know anything but still it was so much fun right that's awesome so when i when i came to virginia like it was still in the ninth grade right i'd done like half a ninth grade and then I came to Virginia from Australia. I started ninth grade again because of the way the school system worked. Um, my best friend was like, hey, uh, well, he wasn't my best friend at the time. 
he was this guy that was essentially throwing French fries at me, right? Like kind of giving me a hard time. And uh, anyhow, I didn't back down. And he said, hey, you should come out for the wrestling team, and which I did. And then he proceeded to, you know, beat me up for the next two or three hours. And just, just something about it, man. I was like, okay, this is it. Like, I want to do this, right? So that's fantastic. So, so you're telling me that you wrestled for about a month prior to ninth grade. That's right. Yep. Very interesting. Yep. I got exposed to it. Uh, I, I had one match. I won the match. And like, you know, I wrestled up a weight class because there was nobody in my weight class because I was little. Um, dude, it was, it was, yeah. It's just one of those things, right? I just got hooked because my my strength to body weight ratio was good and um, I was fast. And What weight class were you? What's that? What weight class did you start at? Well, when I was in high school, I started at 112. Right. So I was a 12 pounder in high school, pretty much wrestled 112 the whole time. There was a time where I did, I lost a wrestle off to one of my good friends and I dropped all the way down to 103, which was brutal, 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 really, really hard. Um, I did that. Probably should have never done that, but I did that. Um, but, you know, you learn a lot about yourself when you do that. Right. So, um, so anyhow, yeah, the, the, I really did learn how to wrestle. I actually say I really didn't learn how to wrestle until I got to college, but that's a different story, right? Yeah. Um, so. Love to, love to hear about that if we have time potentially. So um, um, did, did you, to go back to your cousin for a second, did you look up to your cousin, the one who first introduced you to wrestling, you know, even, you know, just by, by kind of beating you up a little bit or, you know, putting you in the double arm? Well, he was, he was obviously an older male figure in my life. Right. So I was like, Oh, that's cool. So yeah, I, I, I was impressed by it. Right. So, um, but more than anything, it was really the, it was really the idea of, of competing. I love the idea of competing. Like I, I like to compete, I still like to compete. And so I like the idea that it was on me. It wasn't anybody else. It was on me. And right, that goes both ways. You can either fear that or you can you can love that, right? I thrived off of that. And of course, you know, you you lose matches and that's all tough, and but you learn from it. So yeah. So were you so you started in ninth grade by your senior year, as I understand it, you won a state title. Were you yeah. always serious about wrestling from day one, or did you go through kind of a ramp up and then you got serious? No, I was serious from day one, right? As soon as like wrestling, as soon as I discovered that this was like something that you could do and uh, all, you know, my, my part of it is my friends did it, right? So it was like the people that I connected with were wrestling um, and we just built a camaraderie together. And um you know, and you watch Vision Quest, and you, 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 you just start saying like you start seeing like state champions, and you. I just remember I was actually having this discussion today with my team about visualization, and I very specifically remember being at the state tournament when I was a freshman, saying, "I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a state champion. I'm gonna be on that podium." Right. It seemed like such a far like place to be because I just I wasn't any really any good. Right. I had some natural speed and strength, but I what you know, I had no technique. I didn't I didn't know what I was doing, but I had a I had a vision for what I wanted. Did you did you learn how to do the visualization or was that was that did that part come naturally to you? No, you know, I, I learned about it, um, which reinforced it. I mean, I could I could. I knew that I wanted to do it. I was like, I, I remember specifically saying, if they can do it, I can do it. Like, I remember specifically saying, like, if they could do it, I can do it. So I'm going to work towards that. And then I read a book called Psycho-Cybernetics. I don't know if you've ever read it, right? It's an old book. Um, and he talked. About, it talks about mental visualization uh, for athletes. And it, it actually, that got me hooked into psychology. That got me hooked into, it went off in a lot of different directions. Um, 
but they talked about how the mind doesn't know the difference between, you know, real world and, and practice in your mind. And so I was like, okay, well, if that's the case, then I can practice more than other people, right? I can be practicing when I'm dreaming, when I'm daydreaming. And then it just became this thing where I was just dreaming about it all the time, right? What did the move look like? What did the, what did it feel like the win? And if you can, if you can combine how it feels um, with what you see, then it makes it really, really strong. And so I would just, you know, I would just visualize what I wanted. And then work towards it, right? Like every day we would work towards it. I mean, I, I was surrounded by people that were also working towards it, which uh, which that helps, right? If I had been on a team that, um, you know, I learned some important things that you got to surround yourself with the people that that want the same thing that you want. Yeah. Um, if I had been on a team that didn't take it serious, maybe I wouldn't have taken it as serious. But we all took it pretty serious. That's awesome. I find it fascinating that I'm going to have to check out the Cyber Cybernetics book. I'm curious. Uh, I'm curious about that. And it sounds like that was pretty inspiring to you in, in some ways. And maybe it gave you some. So did you think that that was very impactful when you read it? Like, did it really like, was it kind of an aha moment? Yeah, it was. It was actually because I was like, OK, if I want to get better, I can not only I could practice, I could practice in my mind. Yeah. And if I could practice in my mind, then I have an advantage because it, because it's all about trying to get an advantage, right? You either work out harder, you work out longer, you drill more, you focus more on your outcomes. And it's like, what are you going to do? I mean, when I, when I, I, I've never journaled in my life except for my high school wrestling career, hmm. which is really weird. Right. Weird. <laughs> and, and I go and I go back and it wasn't really like journaling, I've, it's not really like journaling. Well, it was journaling. It, I'll take a back. Wrestling produced so many mental barriers that I had to go through that I think I needed to put pen to paper to help me get through it. Okay. That makes sense. And so, um, you know, a couple of things along the way, like I tore my ACL when I was a sophomore, right? Hmm. But, not, but not wrestling, playing football, which I also dislocated the fingers on my left hand, all my fingers, my left hand playing football. I was like, okay, listen, I'm not built. My mind is built for football. My body is not built for football. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, but then I, you know, I wrestled an entire season with a torn ACL. I uh, didn't know that it was completely torn. It was just like my knee would pop out and then it'd pop back in. I just keep going. Right. What year did you say that was? That was my sophomore year. Okay. Right. My sophomore year of high school. So then I got, uh, one day I went through after uh, after my senior no after, uh, not my senior um, after that sophomore year I was practicing and uh, I went for a headlock throw and my kneecap cartilage flipped over my kneecap and I couldn't I couldn't move my knee and it was so painful that that's when they took me into the hospital I couldn't move literally the doctor just came in like kind of like realigned my knee and I thought he was like God because it was so painful and I was like oh my god I can move my leg again right and um and then they they did the MRI and they're like man this thing looks like it's been torn for years just mush I just think it I tore it earlier that year and then it just I just kind of you know I mushed it right um but the reason why I started reading things like psycho cybernetics was because and this is going a little bit deeper and, you know, it's going in a different direction, but I think it's important was I had this such a deep desire to win that um, I wanted to be the best at what I did. I was going to run longer. I was going to train harder. I was going to study more than anybody else. Uh, I knew that you might be ahead of me in skill, but that my effort was going to surpass you at some point. Right. Mm -hmm. And that I was just going to outwork you. And I was going to go figure out who the best were, and I was going to, I was going to learn from them to, to become the best, right? And um, but what that what that created was my sophomore year. I started around that same time. I started developing like this breathing problem, right? Mm -hmm. And I'd always had a little bit of exercise induced asthma, but not but not anything crazy, right? And so, but this got really bad. This got to the point where like. 
I couldn't get enough air to talk to you. And, uh, and I went, you know, we did all sorts of medical tests and there was nothing wrong. And, and when I learned really not until my junior year, right. Uh, cause I was suffered through it towards the end of my sophomore year. And then all of my junior year where, uh, if I didn't pin you in the first period, right. Or, you know, first two periods, I was in trouble because by the third period, I didn't have enough. I didn't have enough of a tank. Right. And what happened was I was reading because I was I was trying to figure out like what was going on. And I was reading all sorts of like mind over matter kind of books. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how I ended up with psycho cybernetics. Um, what happened was I was having silent panic attacks. Right. I'm reading this man's journal where they they're literally describing my symptoms. It feels like somebody's sitting on my chest. I can't get enough air to just do an everyday thing. Uh, and it's, it was because of the way my blood was like, I was breathing from my chest as opposed to my stomach. Right. In fact, I even went to like a yoga class, right. To try to figure out how to like relax and breathe. And the lady was like, honey, you're just hyperventilating. And I'm like, she's crazy. Like I've got a physical problem. Right. But it turned out that I didn't, I had a mental problem. And the mental problem was I was, wanted to win so bad that I created this anxiety. And that's when I was like, I realized, wow, your mind can mess with you in a negative way. Imagine if you can unlock the possibility, the possibilities of if you could flip that switch and um, imagine how big of a life you can create based on having the right mindset, based on understanding your mind and your body. And so, um, so that you know, that year, my junior year, I took, I, I took third in the state of Virginia. And that, that to me was a big accomplishment because I had suffered so much between the torn ACL and the breathing problems uh, and, and me learning how my body worked because you're physically putting so much into this. You're, you're pushing the boundaries of your body, right? Yeah. Um, that, and it's at such a young age, you're just trying to figure out how, you know, you're not eating, you know, and you're not drinking water. Like you're pushing your body to, to limits. Right. And so you had to learn like how your what, what those limits were and then how your body would adapt to it. So by the time I was a senior, I knew, I knew, I knew how it all worked. Right. But it took me three years. Fascinating. I, it's a, that's a wonderful lesson for anybody to learn about, how your mind can influence your body like that. So, so would you, so would you say that the injury led you to that spurt? Is that, is that where you're kind of where you're headed with that? Yeah, man, that, 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 yeah, I, I ended up becoming a psych major because of that. Wow. Wow. Right? That, I mean, that, that was like, I, I, and I thought I wanted to go into uh, maybe sports psychology or something along those lines or, or uh, developmental psychology. Um, you know, but that that changed later when I met an entrepreneur, a business owner. But that my mind was there, right? I was like, yeah. "Wow, the mind affects everything," and so I need to understand it. I need to try to ha learn how to control it so that I can become a better athlete. Okay. So, um, okay, so I understand what happened between your sophomore and your junior year that led you to third, be third in the state. Yeah, um, what happened between your your junior year and your senior year? Was it just a linear progression or was there another kind of leap forward? You know, how, cause you went from third in the state to first in the state. Yeah. So it was two weeks before the, the, um, the state tournament, my junior year that I understood everything about this whole anxiety thing. Right. So, so what happened was, <laughs> hey, babe, I'm on here being recorded. Sorry. You'll edit that, right? <laughs> it, it's authentic. Okay, it's authentic. Good. So, um, so what happened was that that junior year, um, I, read, I read that article and literally, Will, it was like, it set me free. When I tell you like set me free, like I now understood what the issue was and I was, I could, I felt like I could do anything. Right. 
Um, I understood that there is a chemical, there was a chemical in my chest that I needed to burn first as somebody that has exercise induced asthma. So I learned that I had to literally have a wrestling match, like a full on, like exhaust, like feeling exhausted for me to perform at my peak level. Because whenever I got in the tournaments, I couldn't figure out like why my first match was always my toughest match. But as the, as the day went on, I would just get stronger and stronger and stronger. Right. So I learned, wow, like I'm a great tournament wrestler because I'd get stronger as like the, the tournament went on. I, I didn't get weaker. But if I was like engaging on like a, you know, you know, just like a home match, yeah. right. That, that home match like was a struggle for me because I, I hadn't gone like before I knew this, I hadn't gone through a whole workout. So by the time I was a senior, I knew how that worked. So I would get myself literally physically exhausted before a match. And then I was ready to go. And I never got scored on my entire senior year. Like I, I the only points I gave up were ones that I like let people up or whatever. And so I, now I will tell you, I went from Virginia to Florida. Those are two different, you know, two different worlds when it comes to wrestling. Um, but combine that with the fact that um, I never, you know, I understood my body now. And so I, you know, the points that I gave up were points that, that I gave up. And I think my state final match was like 18 to four and he was 18 to six and he was a returning state champion. Right. And, wow. um, and I remember very vividly the day before that, not the day before, I remember very like that moment as I was entering into the ring just being like, this was the culmination of everything. Every, every mile, every, 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 you know, everything that you go through, right? Like it's like comes down to this, right? And literally I was so fired up for that match that um, it was one of those, it was just, I was in the flow, right? Like I just dominated and it was an amazing feeling, right? It was an amazing feeling. It sounds like your senior by your senior year, you were responding to the pressure in an outstanding and productive way. So before the biggest match of your entire career, the state finals, you were getting pumped up rather than getting nervous and, and having the breathing problems. Uh, yeah, I wasn't scared at all. I mean, it, it was like I wasn't nervous. I was like, this is it. This guy's dead. This is everything. Like, like I, there was no nerves. It was pure adrenaline. Like, this is it, right? This is the culmination of everything. Uh, it was an amazing feeling. It was just like, I can put myself back in that state if I ever want to, like, you know, get something done, right? Because it's about putting yourself in the right states, right? That's what we learn as athletes is, like, the rituals that you go through, the states that you put yourself to. Um, you know, I learned like all those rituals that I had to go through in order to, to perform at a high level. So tell me more about that. So, so one of your rituals was to go through essentially a full match before the tournament would start. What other rituals would you, what, would you have any other pre-match rituals that you remember? I mean, it was just, there was a lot of like positive affirmation and visualization, right? Okay. So, I mean, literally like you're visualizing the match, right? And you're, and you're like, I, like I, I've done this. I know it. I'm ready, right? We're going to do this. As soon as you start saying things like, I don't feel well, I'm nervous, right? Like that's all bad stuff, right? That just goes nowhere, right? And by the way, it serves you not at all. It doesn't serve you at all, right? So you just have to focus on like what you can control. This is going to be your match. You're going to focus on like, you're going to take it to him. You're going to be aggressive, right? You just... Just your your entire plan, right? You'd go through that plan. Uh, try not to think about you know who they are, although it's always tough, right? You know, I'd have friends that obsess about like who they were going to go up against, and I'm like, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. Did your coaches reinforce that message, or was that did they did they talk to you about that kind of thing? What thing specifically? About about not thinking about your opponent, not not obsessing over how good an opponent was. Was that something that, that you got guidance on? Possibly, but you know, it's like the problem is when somebody says don't think about it, what what's gonna happen? Yeah, you'll think you're gonna think it. about it, right? So it's almost better not to say that, right? Mm -hmm. To them. Mm -hmm. It's just like, hey, this is your match. You deserve this. You've worked hard, you've worked hard, right? Okay. Stick to your game plan. 
So I, I've, so I was going to ask a question, which I feel like I now I already know the answer to this one. So so with somebody like Dan Gable, he clearly would fall into the camp of visualizing victory, thinking about winning. He, he talks about picturing yourself on the podium a thousand times before you ever get on the podium. I was listening to an interview with a, a Russian champion who I think won multiple world titles, you know, one of the most dominant wrestlers. And he seemed to take the other view. He says he never thought about the outcome. Never, you know, he just, he thought about the next thing, just the next thing, but, you know, just scoring the next point. That's, that's all. So it sounds to me like you, and I found that very interesting that you could, that you could obviously take one, one approach or the opposite approach buy in fully a hundred percent to whichever of one of those approaches you want and still have amazing results. It sounds to me like you might be in the, the, the Dan Gable camp. Yeah. I mean, to me, wrestling was one of those things, right? It is, there's so much, um, you know, let's just say, I, I hate to use the word pain, but there's so much pain and pride involved in that pain, right? Yeah that there has to be an outcome in my mind that you're shooting for. There's a reason, there's a glory for it. There's so much pain in wrestling in a positive way, like a pride, like I, I'm putting myself through this. You built so much character and pride in that. But that for me, I needed to have a, a map of where I was gonna go. Like if I was gonna, if I was gonna pay this price, there needed to be a place that I wanted to go, right? Yeah. So, um, and part of the the fun is that journey that you take through it, right? You, I reflect back and I reflect back with knowing that I could do anything because I put myself and challenge myself in ways that I know most human beings will never challenge themselves, right? Yeah. And, I, and I don't say that lightly, right? I say that it's like majority of humans will not endure, right, the the struggle of an athlete that's performing at a high level. And there's something that I like about that, right? That I've gone places in my mind where most people would never be willing to do. They're like, you're crazy. I'm like, yeah. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess with me. I love it. I love that. I love that. Okay. So, um, all right. So I want to, I want to take a, a step back for a second. So did you have a style of wrestling, like a specific, like were there, was there a, a group of moves you liked? Were you, did you consider yourself to be a dominant top wrestler? Or, you know, what, what kind of a style did you have? It, you know, it kind of, it, it evolved, right? Like after college, my style, I mean, after high school, my style kind of changed. I had to learn how to adapt and wrestle in college, completely different. Um, but I was always, I was dominant for my feet, right? I was fast. Um, I was dominant for my feet. I, 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 you know, when I was in high school, I sucked on bottom, right? I was much better in college. Um, so my whole thing was like, don't get taken down, right? <laughs> don't get taken down. Don't be on bottom. Cause I just wasn't very good at getting out. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, I was really big in the single legs. I was really big in the fireman's game. In high school, like, it's really interesting to, to, to see, like, the difference in styles, right? In high school, I was really big into uh, fireman carries and single legs. That was my thing. I was really good at it. In college, I was all about controlling with an arm bar, right? I had so many different ways to go with, with I'm sorry, with an, uh, an underhook, right? Mm -hmm. Um and so, you know, my style kind of changed and I got, I became a dominant wrestler on top in college and I, and I wasn't necessarily in high school. I was okay. I, I loved doing the, um, kind of like the, uh, arm bar tilt, right. That was my, I, you know, I could take that so many different ways. I could just tilt somebody all day long, all day long. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think a lot of new wrestlers, a lot of people who start, like, like actually you and I did essentially starting in ninth grade, you know, a lot of times we might take the, the view that, and I think it's probably an incorrect view that we need to know a huge variety of moves. Um, you know, from my perspective, I did a lot with sweep singles. You know, I did a lot with low singles. You know, I didn't, you know, there were a lot of moves I didn't do. There are a lot of moves I just didn't know. 
And, um, you know, it's, it sounds like maybe you had a similar, a similar experience in that, in that you did, you did focus on, on a handful of moves you were really good at. Well, part of it is my wrestling coach was a heavyweight and how many moves to heavyweights know, <laughs> right? Not like not, not that many, right? So it was like, we drilled the single leg, like all the time, right? The double leg all the time. So the, yeah, there was just a handful of moves that we just did over and over and over again. Right. So, how were, were the guys in the room with you? Were they state caliber? Like, were they, were, you know, were you, you know, were you guys on the same level approximately? Yeah, they were all, they were all really good. None of them, none of them, um, I, I don't think any of them ended up ranking in the state or maybe fourth in the state. Um, but they should have. A couple of them should have, right? Uh, regional champion. We had a regional champion. Um, and we had, and, but everybody won that. Like, I, I think we had like six, five or six district champions my junior year, maybe six. And it was all the little weights, right? It was like 103, 112, you know, 119, uh, 125. I mean, we kind of swept it. Yeah. And then, um, but nobody at the state level, I don't think, okay. right? Okay. One or two. So, what was the role of, of learning and, and wrestling outside of the wrestling room? Did you do camps, clinics, anything outside the season? Uh, yes, and not enough of it. Now, knowing what I know now, uh, it should have been just a full-time all year round. Yeah. In order to prepare for college, um, that's what the very best in the world are doing. I just I didn't do that. You know, we I did camps. I do like I do like two week camps. Uh, I train with my friends during the summer. We'd go to the we'd go to the gym. We'd go to the wrestling room, uh, but there the level of intensity wasn't the same, right? Yeah. Um, we trained all the time. I felt like I trained all the time, but we didn't train with the same level of intensity that I think is required um, to be a national champion. That makes sense. Like that, that there's a different, there's a different gear. Yeah. And I didn't learn that gear until I got to college. Right. Cause I, I wasn't surrounded by it because no, nobody was doing it. Right. I was just kind of doing what everybody else was pretty much doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, were your parents involved and supportive of wrestling? You know, they were, my mom was always trying to make me eat more food. Which yeah. was like very counterintuitive to like counterproductive to making weight, yeah. um, but they they were supportive. But they weren't like you know you see some parents that are like they're always there. They were all like for, like my parents weren't that, um, and it didn't matter to me. Like they, I wasn't pushed by my parents, right? Like I see parents push their kids to do well, and it that won't work, right? It's like it's got to be in the kid. I mean, I've seen it work maybe once or twice. So what about nutrition? Did you take nutrition seriously? No. I didn't take nutrition seriously. Nobody was teaching me about nutrition. It just wasn't – it wasn't taught. Nobody discussed it. We didn't have anybody leading that charge, right, unfortunately, because nutrition is so important. It, you know, um, it was you have to make weight. Yeah. At any cost, you know, that was it. And, and there was, I know the rules have changed now considerably yeah. on how to do that. Right. So what, what I probably would not have been allowed to go to the weight class that I went to today. Yeah. Right. So nobody, nobody taught us that even in college, like it, like it wasn't taught properly. Right. You kind of learn what happens is you learn through trial and error, like what worked, what do, what doesn't work for your body, because everybody's chemistry is different. Yeah, I've got a, a question for you about that was really kind of dear to my heart because for me, I feel like this made a big difference for me. Were there any exercises that you, um, that you did, like that were that you feel like contributed significantly to your success? So, like for me. Between my junior year 
really transformed my, you know, my hand strength, transformed my back strength. Um, and I've always credited that with me doing well in high school. Um, do you have any, did you ever think that there were any that you really felt like contributed a lot to your development? Not any one thing, Will. It was like, it was just everything combined. Yeah. Right. I just felt like breaking me was what contributed to it. Right. Like pushing me to like after practice. I mean, here's what I would do. Like I would practice and then I would go to the gym for two hours. And then I, then I would work out for another two hours after a already pretty brutal practice. Yeah. Right. And I would do a lot of like, like in the mirror kind of like mental uh, shots, right? Um, Pull-ups, running. Like I just, you know, the whole vision quest thing. I took that kind of serious, man. Yeah. It was the same thing. I did too. Did you, and that was mostly through the, through the season. And then, and then outside of the season, it sounds like you would, you would keep working out, but you wouldn't necessarily do it in a systematic or intense way. Yeah, not not the same level of intensity for sure. But you right. kept doing things like that. I did. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I always I always worked out. Right. Uh, there wasn't a day that I didn't work out. I just didn't wrestle enough during high school. I yeah. lifted a lot. I mean, yeah. So I lifted a lot. I ran. I rode by. Like I did. I did a lot of that. But I didn't spend enough time wrestling. Yeah. Um, and you you just need to spend more time wrestling. So that gets to my other question, which is uh, if you could go back, if there was one thing you could you could advise yourself, you know, looking back and telling yourself then what you know now, what would the one thing be? It would be to seek out the very best in your state or in the nation and figure out a way to work out with them. Yeah. Right. Um, I rose to the caliber of the people that were in my room and they were great. And so I was lucky that I had really great, talented people in that room, right? Uh, and if I had if I had been training during the summertime with the best in the world, then I would have. Then I, I know I would have. I would have risen to that occasion, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, so um, you went on to wrestle at the NCA level in college. What was that like? It was, I had to learn how to wrestle all over again, right? I literally got to the college thinking I was awesome, right? And learning that I sucked, right? And then having to like understand that if I was going to do this, I was now going to have to go to a whole nother level, right? And pay. <laughs> I thought I worked out hard in high school. I like th there was going to be a whole nother level of training required. Right. And, um, and by the way, I didn't even discover what that level was until I, my junior year of high school college, when I got, when we, when, when we brought in Jim Akerley, who was a, um, uh, three time or two time all American. And then I thought that we worked out hard before, and then when he came on board, I, I was like, okay, now this is insane. Like, I remember thinking, this is insane. But that made all the difference, right? It made all the difference. It, there, you just have different gears. And you don't know what that gear is until you, you get pushed to a level that you just didn't think was, like, possible. And then what happened was I started working out with an All-American yeah. my junior year. And your, your confidence grows when you start working out with an All-American and you start going toe-to-toe -to -toe with them in, in the room, then you realize, oh, I deserve to be, I am, I, I am here, right? And so um, it builds a level of confidence. So you combine this insane work ethic and workouts with you working out with one of the best in the world and then you just, there's just, you just get better. Right. So I really didn't learn how to wrestle. I, you know, until my junior year of college, when I think about it, right. Cause I came into college being very underquipped. I had three, four, five things that I knew how to do well. And, and I could do those things really well. And it won me a state championship. Right. But when I got to college, everybody was really good. 
right? Everybody was a state champion. And I realized, wow, I, 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 I don't have an arsenal. I, I don't know all these things, right? So I had to learn, you know, a whole nother level of wrestling, uh, which, you know, which was difficult. Did that, did that turn into, was that year round kind of, was that a year round commitment in, in college or was it, uh, was it uh, focused in the season? No, you know, uh, again, like I, to be an all American, it's an, it's a year round, right? I was not an all American. I think my highest ranking was 12th in the country, right? I was a conference champion. Um, and I learned some valuable lessons there. So the lesson that I learned was when I got to college, my first two matches in college, I got stuck. Okay. I like, think about this. I went from state champion to not being scored on, right? Like to just dominating people to my first two college. And, and by the way, walking onto the team, beating the starter, right? And then going my first tournament and being pinned back to back and back my first tournament college right and i was like what happened i felt like they were men and i was a boy right and i realized that the the strength and the speed was completely different so i set this goal right the goal was i was going to be a conference champion because that was kind of like the 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 the, the talk in our room was that that was a feat mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So, like, so to be a conference champion, like was a big deal. Right. And the mistake was I set the goal too low. Right. Because mm -hmm. that, that was what was in my room. Like people aspiring to do that. What I should have done was say, I'm going to be a national champion and I'm going to put myself in an environment to be a national champion. Right. Or to be an all American. And that would have created a whole level, a different, set of habits right that need to be created one of the habits would be you're working out all the time it's all year right so during college i i was really intense during the season and then i i kind of fell back to the pattern that i had in high school which is like i worked out every day i ran i lifted i enjoyed summer i wrestled but i didn't do the level of intensity required in order to be you know and all America. Yeah. And so it depends on what your goals are, right? Like not everybody like, um, but I, it was by the time I was a junior in call co in college at that point, I believed that I could be an all American. Right. Mm -hmm. So my senior year of college, I asked my coach, the red shirt. So think about this. This is like hell, right? Like wrestling season is like, in college, like it is, you know, Christmas vacation, it's two a days, everybody else is at home with their family, you're at school stuck there, nobody's around, you know, it's the time where everybody, if you're going to quit, that's when you quit, right? Because like, everybody wants to go home, and you're not going home, right? You're staying here for two a days. And it's brutal, right? And I remember thinking, am I going to go through this all over again? Like, am I going to put myself through one more year? And I was like, yes. I, I believe I am an all-American. I just need one more year, right, of intense training. And I'm going to put myself through intense training. So I went and I talked to my coach and I said, hey, can I redshirt? I want a redshirt. And then uh, my senior year, and I'd seen some other people do that and then stay for grad school, right? Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, finish out their eligibility. And he was like, no, we don't have anybody else at that role. And part of me was like, Whew. And then the other part of me was like, you know, damn, right? I need I, I need one more year. So I didn't know. I, I didn't know. I'm not familiar with the redshirting rules. So so basically, he said he said you couldn't do it because because they just weren't set up to allow it. Or he his decision was there was nobody else to fill the spot at the same oh. level, and he was going for uh, a championship, which we won. We won the conference that year. Okay. My senior year, right? And so I was a conference champion. Yeah. And there was a lot of other people. And, and you know, that was a big deal. Like winning the conference for me felt like, you know, a big deal. And then you then I went out the nationals. And then it was like as if I had started all over again, right? Now it's a whole different game, 
It's yeah. a different game. So there's all these levels, right, that occur. Um, and so you just have to, this is why visualization is so important, right? Know what it is that you're going after and then figure out who's already done it or who's on the path of doing it or who's just right below it. And then, then, then essentially connecting with those people and working out with those people and just being around those people. And by, by the way, it's like that in, in life, in business and everything, right? Yeah. If you want to be one of the most successful in the world, you surround yourself with the most successful in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so on that topic, um, so uh, what have you been up to since then? You know, I had the, I had the good fortune of um, there was a, there was a gentleman that um, would come in and essentially wrestle like he was my age now, maybe a little bit younger, and he'd come in and work out with our team. And I was like, who is this guy, right? Like, and they're like, hey, he's a very successful uh, business owner and uh, he donates a lot of money to the program. And we would, uh, his name is Alan Meltzer, like uh, amazing uh, mentor and friend. And, um, and I learned a lot from him, right? I started seeing him from an, or like from the time I was, a, I was a freshman, right? Kind of seeing how he ran his business, how he gave to the community, how he would give to the wrestling team. He would have us come out and, and you know, work at his house and donate money to the program. And, you know, like um, I just saw the life of a real estate, uh, not a real estate, as a, a business entrepreneur, right? As in a, a business owner. And, and that, that's where I was like, you know what? I want to be a business owner, right? That was the, I, I saw that it was competition at just a different level, right? So I was like, okay, what am I, once wrestling's over, like what's my next goal? Okay, well, my next goal is I, I want to win something, right? And what, what am I going to win? Well, I'm going to win the game of business. I'm going to win the game of, you know, being a business owner. And so, so that just became another thing to kind of go after, right? Uh, I worked for him for, for a couple of years while I was in college and out of college. Um, and I learned a ton about hard work. Ethic. And he would always say, by the way, he would say, this is a bold statement. He's like, I am the Dan Gable of insurance, right? <laughs> I mean, that is a bold statement, right? And, and by the way, he is. He's the Dan Gable of insurance, right? I mean, the man is a legend in the world and his work ethic is insane, right? Um, and so that was just my, that was my blueprint. I was like, oh, you're going to be successful. You just got to work like this guy, right? So I'd get to his house at 4.30 in the morning. I'd work out with him till 5.30 in the morning and we'd be at the office by 6.15. And then we'd leave like at 7, 7.30. And then he'd typically have appointments afterwards, right? Just an insane pace, Um and by the way, his son wrestled in college, right, for Harvard and was an All-American, right? And I remember working out with Max during the summers to get, to get Max in shape, right, for the season. And I remember thinking, this kid's going to burn out, right? Because he was because his, his dad was having him do exactly what I'm talking about, putting him with some of the best around the country and learning how to wrestle, Right. And uh, he ended up going to Harvard and uh, being an All-American. total badass. Fascinating. Yeah. And I remember when he couldn't do a pull-up. And now the guy is like freaking monster, you know? Well, well, on the topic of burning out, like I, I, I think that there's always a risk of kids burning out when they're pushed too hard. Or, but, but at the same time, I think people are at risk of burning out of almost anything they do if they don't keep it fresh, if they don't keep it, you know, if they don't, if they don't, you know, if they just keep doing the same thing with no progress, no change, to me, that's the recipe for burning out. So, you know, I'm glad to hear that he hasn't, that, that he, that he had a good outcome for that. I think, yeah, he had a great outcome. I was worried about it, but he, he, he pushed through mentally. He, you know, there was so much pressure on him. Like, I don't know. Like I, I could just only imagine there was so much pressure on him and he performed it was really inspiring to see because it would have been easy for him to just be like you know what like i don't want to do this right um i i believe that it has to be in your for you to do it it has to be in your heart 
I, I don't think you will burn out, believe it or not, if you have the dream of doing it, right? Yeah. If the dream is alive in your heart to do it, you, you're not going to burn out. Um, but you have to want to do it. You, you can't be yeah. your dad wants you to do it or, right. you know, you have to find it inside you to want to do it. Right. You know, this has been a great podcast. It's been a great interview, Rob. Anything else you want to you want to uh, you want to comment on? Yeah. What I want people to know about this is is that that wrestling teaches you something that you just can't get anywhere else. Right. Um, every lesson you learn, right? Like every, every loss you have, every match you win, every time you do that extra sit up, that extra push up, that extra pull up, it's just building this habit of, of learning how to push through things through life. And it's applicable to everything you do in life. Right. And no matter whether you run a business or you're working at a nonprofit, um, uh, you're whatever it is you want to do, or you're a creator, you're a writer, right? You learn so much about yourself and what's possible uh, at an early age. Um, it's such an empowering thing, right? Such an empowering thing. So I, it's such a gift uh, when you have the ability to come face to face with what you're made of, and then and then and knowing that you can. Uh, do it right, like overcome it. And you don't need, by the way, you don't need to be a state champion to learn that, right? You don't need to be a state champion to learn that. Anybody that steps in the ring and just decides to commit the entire time is a state champion in my in my book, right? Because they're paying the price um, and they're learning about themselves, uh, and that is such a powerful thing for young athletes to learn, right? Like, like it will teach you and fuel you for the rest of your life. So um, it's an amazing sport. I'm glad to be part of it. Absolutely. And I'm glad you're doing this podcast. Absolutely. Well, I know the next generation of wrestlers is going to benefit from your experience. I'm going to, I'm looking up that book. I want to, I want to read that. I want to read that book about visualization. So yeah, I, I, you know, I really, really thank you again for being here. Will, thanks for having me, man. Thanks for listening to Backpoints today. If you want to support the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you find the show. Also, it helps us if you give the show a rating on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Feel free to also make a donation via Patreon at patreon.com backpoints. Thanks and see you next episode.